Hi, my name is John Garfield. This is the Releasing Kings newsletter. It's May 6th, 2018. This week I want to talk to you about uh, how to put the kibosh on obstacles. <laughs> so there are seven uh, promises in Revelations chapter 2 and 3 uh, for overcomers. Like It says, to him that overcometh I will do thus and such. And there's some pretty amazing promises. So I've been going through them one at a time for myself. So the, the Greek word for overcomer is nikeio which means to subdue. And it reminds you of uh, Genesis one twenty eight, where it says uh, Adam was given this commission to multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Well, in the Hebrew, that word subdue mean, is kibosh. <laughs> so we get the phrase uh, or the term, put the kibosh on something. It means to subdue it. And uh, so as sons, uh, we have a... A father who wants to put the kibosh on enemy strategies first and then give us some amazing promises second. So I personally want to know how to do that. Do you? So here we go. The first one, uh, how to put the kibosh on, is um, to realize it's not really my personal prowess that causes enemies to flee or problems to be solved. Jesus put the kibosh on the enemy, <laughs> and he overcame for us. So our warfare comes from a place of victory and rest. And um, it's it's not to be understood as uh, being passive or inactive. We all face challenges, and our strategy is to labor to enter into that rest. We're, we're leveraging his power in us. We're shaping circumstances into his image. We're reshaping the earth into his image. And we're here for a reason. And and warfare and obstacles and all that stuff is real. And, and we need a strategy to uh, to deal with it. So in John uh, 16, it says, In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The same word, nikeo, which means to subdue. Jesus has subdued. Uh, all the tribulation we face in the world. Our job is to implement that subduing. First John 4, verse 4, You are, are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. And in Luke 10, verse 18, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So in Jesus put this idea of trampling or subduing, you know, snakes and scorpions in the context of spirits submitting to us. So some of those obstacles you're facing, they have spiritual roots. <laughs> it's not, they're not accidental. There's a design behind them. So, that's, it's important to realize that, that Jesus or, or it's a, those problems are spiritual and we need a spiritual strategy to deal with them. So the second aspect of putting the kibosh on is uh, first our job is to, our, our first job is to appropriate that victory that Jesus gave us in the courts of heaven. It's really interesting to read the book of Job's from the perspective that um, Job didn't get the, the concept of, um, you know, responding to accusation in the courts of heaven until about halfway through the book of Job. And, and I'm finding that in my own life. 
I didn't understand that either. So I, I'm paying attention to courts of heaven now for very practical reasons. So victories do come fairly easy in the kingdom unless we have accusations left unanswered in the courts of heaven. So our defense against those accusations, whether true or lies, doesn't really matter, is the same. We're appearing in the courts of heaven, repenting and washing away our condemnation with Jesus' blood. And then we're releasing our book and going back to our work on the, on the uh, dream. So a couple nights ago, we got this financial thing going on. I woke up sort of in a, uh, I don't know if I want to call it a spirit of fear, but I had this fearful thing going on. And, um, you know, instead of rolling over and going back to sleep, I just, you know, submitted. That, and the accusation was specifically this. You have been a fool. <laughs> now, it was real, okay? And uh, so I just put that foolishness on the trading floors in the courts of heaven. And I covered them with Jesus' blood, asked him to forgive me. I confessed that I have done foolish things. And, and then I traded for his wisdom and his favor and his ability to, to give divine appointments and, and create strategies for wealth and prosper businesses and investments and so on. All, and then went back to sleep. <laughs> no, more, uh, no more anxiety over that one. So we're appearing in the courts of heaven, repenting and washing away any condemnation with Jesus' blood. And then we're releasing our book and going back to work on our dream. Revelations 12, 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. That's the headquarters verse for trading floors. Um, Robert Henderson has a great book out on uh, the courts of heaven, which is, I recommend it. It's on, available on Amazon. Uh, so the, the last thing I want to mention is this concept of appearing in heaven. So our Father's longing for sons to ascend into both courts and the councils of heaven. And his heart longs to see your face and my face and hear our voices in, the, in his councils. He, he's longing for us not to wait for heaven to come down and visit us and the glory to fall and all that language that we've had for decades. He's waiting for us to come up to him to be seated with him in heavenly places and have conversations with him. So heaven includes a storehouse of promises, provisions, and people or beings, angels, etc., that uh, are only seen when we go there and only brought back when we experience them. And if this sounds mystical, it won't for long because it's normal. And the Holy Spirit and healing and prophetic gifts were rejected and then, and then accepted decades back. I got saved in 1970, and I can remember the charismatic movement and the healing and the prophetic movement in the 70s and 80s and 90s. And the apostolic movement, same thing. All rejected out of hand at the beginning, and now all accepted like nothing was ever wrong with them. <laughs> it's amazing. So this idea of accessing heaven, having Jacob's ladder and, and going there um, is turning into a movement and you're invited, okay? And it's just a question of when because uh, it, it's on the fringe now. It'll be a main line later. I don't know how much later, probably a few years. But So um, 
Hebrews 12, verse 24, but you have come to Mount Zion. I want to suggest this verses for now. It's Read it in context. Read uh, 15 to 24 in Hebrews 12. Remember the story about the... You know, Zion, you know, Moses going up to Zion with the, get the tablets and it's quaking and lightning and clouds and thunder. and Nobody wanted to go with him. <laughs> they were all invited and they didn't go. And this verse is in that context. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn who, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, the spirits of righteous men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. So there's this whole party going on up there, and you and I are invited. It's amazing. So let me tell you a story. I saw this picture. It's an army of dry bones being assembled from Ezekiel. They were alive, but lights were flashing around them like lightning. It was as though there were uh, coming, they were, these people were coming to an awareness of their position in heaven and on earth. And it, I tasted the feeling of being in heaven, of, of being over every tribulation and every trial, and how easy it was. And it came from a place of rest and, and um, of knowing that uh, I am somehow in Christ. I'm somehow in Him. And it feels like a fortress on one hand that protects me, and yet it's mobile, and um, it's on offense <laughs> to put the kibosh on enemy gates. And on earth I saw this map of the world with uh, gates at the borders. Uh, and this army of saints was invading nations and reclaiming what belongs to the Father. And I saw Jesus like a general on a great horse. And every foot soldier that saw him was energized and ran into the fray, into the battle. And it was like John Sobieski and the Polish Hussiars galloping up and down the line and looking for a weak spot to liberate Vienna. And we formed this V and charged right, in, right through the line. And it was so easy and, and so exciting and so heroic. And it was such an honor to follow Jesus and to overcome with many brothers and sisters to win something for the Father. And it felt so natural to come back after the victory and lay our crowns at his feet and to worship him and exalt him. And I felt designed for this. It's, I felt like it was really who I am. And uh, there's a great army of people you're invited to into this heavenly army to do exploits for the Father. So Lord, I'm asking you in Jesus' name, let us not be fearful of Zion, but Father, you've invited us into heavenly places to be seated with you, with Christ. And Father, I'm just giving permission to your people to access heaven and Father, to bring um, back uh, what, what is in heaven on earth. Lord, not just to proclaim it, but to bring it. So in Jesus' name, I release up the people of God, the Ecclesia, to bring it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord.